Well, Let's good go. morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm in Hawaii. We got my good friend, DJ Mikey Francis, all the way in Vegas. What's up, dude? What is going on, man? So happy to, to be here and be part of this new venture for you. And uh, yeah, man, excited. Dude, I just, I've always wanted to start a podcast and I just, you know, I didn't have time or I made an excuse. And then ever since I left the bananas, it was like, dude, just like start one. So I hit up the guy that runs this, the No Filter Network, uh, Eric Burns, and he got me going. So like, this is so cool. And I just try to do one once a week. And, you know, it's kind of nice just to be able to do this to like connect again with people and like connect with friends. So like that's... That's kind of why I'm really doing it is just to hear other people's stories, but also continue like relationships. So like, that's the cool part. Yeah. Because hang out and chat for an hour. can't be thought. Yeah. No, you can't. I mean, <laughs> and I travel so much. I'm here and there. Like this is so easy to do on the road. Just use an iPad. Um, I do want to upgrade and get like one of those cool systems, podcast systems with the microphone that's all angled and, you know, nice couches, get a setup, maybe like a, like the dream would be like the Joe Rogan setup where you at the table, you got people running it in the background and you get guests on and having a good time. So, oh, that's the dream, man. Just everything, the studio, the sauna, the gym, like that, that's definitely like, I always envision that in my life, actually, like that is my dream setup. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're doing it like you got the studio in the house, you know, you're this, yeah. Resident DJ in Vegas now for what, over 10 years? Yep. It's been, Just about. yeah, I was thinking about it pretty much since 2015. So yeah. Okay. Almost, but almost you, put, you put a post on your story the other day um, of all your previous jobs before DJing or like maybe while like you were DJing, like what were you, what were you getting into like before your whole DJ career started? Man, it's been it's been a long, I would say, music career. Um, you know, I was I was an athlete growing up. I played all sorts of sports. Um, then I played competitively tennis, and did did pretty well with that. Like played nationals and played uh, like one high school state and and did that whole thing. And then right about the same time, towards the end of high school, I I picked up guitar. And I just fell in love. You know, I played music as, as a child, but I, I was just like, this is it. And I wanted to be in a band. I don't know what it was. I was like, that was it, right? So I had it. And at the time, I was like, punk bands were the, were the, were the thing. Mm -hmm. So started a punk band with my friends um, and kind of fell in love ever since that were moment. Were you on vocals or mainly just instrument? Uh, I played guitar originally. Uh, just played guitar and then... As it graduated to the next band, to the next band, to the next band, I uh, started doing vocals or doing keyboards and then uh, really got into the band kind of hybrid electronic scene that was happening in like mid 2000s. Um, and then. So were you playing a lot of Guitar my... Hero? <laughs> I was pretty good at it. <laughs> I did play, play, play my fair share of it. Don't ask me Hell to play yeah. it now, but back in the day, you know. <laughs> Hell yeah, I remember. I, I think I was good at one song, and that was like a Red Hot Chili Peppers one that was pretty like, simple <laughs> to do. That was like the best game ever. Yeah, I spent way too oh, much time seriously. on it. 
but uh yeah so i and then i just kind of graduated into djing and been doing that full-time for yeah the last but when you so when you graduated into djing like were you doing like private gigs and stuff before you got into the club scene or were you doing like smaller clubs outside of the strip so i right before i went full-time into djing i was actually i was a a touring artist i was signed to ultra and it was it was we were djing but i was also singing um it's called black boots and we did like warp tour and did a whole bunch of shows and did that for a couple years and then it kind of just ran its course just for whatever reason just kind of fell apart and at that point uh my daughter was being born and i was just kind of like living in vegas trying to figure out the next move really didn't have two nickels to rub together um i was like how can i make money doing this and then i remember like just driving down the freeway and seeing the billboards and like some of these big djs who i was playing with a little bit during my project like supporting them um, they were like on the billboards and i was like how do i i, I want to get up there like that's what it is like i'm in vegas now let me just figure this out um and then for a few years i was just grinding it out like downtown some really like dive bar spots uh just playing whatever i could get doing long shifts just just taking whatever i could get um and that that was two or three years of that grind while simultaneously running running food running busing tables you know just anything i could to to pay the bills basically so you're just doing multiple jobs while doing the whole grind thing after the tour and the tour was like two years maybe yeah two three years of that project and uh that was like full time so i wasn't really working any other jobs at that point and then when I and came, then you had to become a family man and a father having having your daughter you know being born so yeah it's amazing so, that you stuck with music and still you know found ways to make some money yeah it was definitely like a big turning point in my life of you know what am i gonna do like how am i gonna make this work and but i I love music you know and i and I, I was good at it i felt like i was good good at it and i just it was one of those things that just kind of made me tick and i had to do it in some capacity even if it was just for fun whatever i was just gonna do it and then slowly but surely you know doors kind of started opening as i was playing more gigs and and then uh, in 2015, I landed kind of my first big residency. That was when Omnia Nightclub opened and kind of got in the door there, right? You know, they were looking for DJs and I had a, a really good friend of mine who was one of their residents was kind of gave me the opportunity and really took me under his wing to uh, to play with him. And yeah, then, then I got in that door and they kind of stuck me in like the far, far, far back room, <laughs> you know, like, like. Wasn't just, there two, uh, two rooms at Omnia when they first opened other than the patio? Yes. Yeah, the patio like, is where I played. So it was the terrace, mostly right, the there. Terrace. They had a hip hop room as well. And then the main Yeah, room. I was going to say, I thought they had a hip hop room because I remember going to Omnia one night. And there was like, you could go to the rap side and then you could go to like the DJ side. Yep. And so I was kind of just bouncing back and forth. And then there's what, one other club that has that too, right? Like older club? 
Uh, I think Marquise. Mark Hakkasan has it too. Yeah, Hakkasan has okay. uh, the Lingling room, and then yes. Marquis has like the boombox room. So okay. it's it's a pretty common thing, and usually they have like the open format or like hip hop DJs playing in the smaller room. I guess it is just more of that mm -hmm. that style, and then they'll have like the main room. And Omnia had three rooms. They had the terrace, which was like more of a house music thing, uh, right. overlooking the strip. Yeah, that's dope. And that's that's where they put me, which was that was a great thing because I was kind of playing house and EDM and, right. and that more of and, that style. And did they give you like a free range of what you could play when you first started playing out there? Pretty much. They just, they just kind of wanted a format of like house, vocal house, a little bit of commercial. Right. Um, but they let me do my thing, which or, I guess it ended right. up working out, but you know, yeah, cause could have worked the when other did, way. <laughs> cause when did you start, when did you start producing while also playing? Or like, have you always been a producer since you kind of got into music and like the tour? Yeah, like I, I've been producing since more more back in the band days. You know, I was, okay. I was recording, recording on my bands, and then with the with the other project that was signed to Ultra, that was more of like the electronic thing. I was producing that with a buddy, and then when I went into full time DJing, I kind of took a break from production. And just like dove head into that, because uh, that was a that was a big undertaking trying to become a, a Vegas DJ and getting versed in that was definitely like a lot. And I didn't really have time to produce with being a dad um, at that point. So yeah, fast forwarding to now, I'm producing all the time, and you know that's that's kind of like my main focus right now. Help help me um, understand the difference between producing and just i guess making music and being a dj like what what is actually producing is that like actually writing your own song and yeah yeah so it's it's kind of like the the artist the pure artist side where there's an artist like a traditional artist and he's in the studio and they're making records uh that you hear on the radio and that you hear in other clubs and sometimes the artist is also the DJ, right? Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it's kind of like the bigger DJs are the ones that are making their own music and those become hits and that's how they become kind of right. popular and rise to the top. And then there's the, just the DJs. There's open format DJs who kind of just play all the hits and maybe they make some edits and things like that, but it's And just it's mash not like, it and Yeah, they're it. doing like more of the live DJing production thing. And, you know, there's people who do it both it's like a full spectrum of, of really what's possible you know but most djs who are kind of at the the local level a lot of them are just kind of trying to produce or they're not really making big records but they're mostly just mm -hmm. playing records playing residencies and right because i mean spinning other i mean to things. make it to make it big mm -hmm. it's almost like you've you find that one song that you create and it goes viral, right? It's almost like on social media, you make put out one video and then it goes viral. Mm -hmm. Like, like I feel like every DJ I follow, Stevie Oki, John Summit, Fisher, they all have like that one signature song, even like Alesso or mm -hmm. Loud Luxury. I feel like they have one song that kind of pushes, not pushes like they have one foot in the door right now, but it, it pushes mm -hmm. them through the door. And yeah. just from there, it catches on. 
Yeah, it's it's a lot of timing. I think it's just persistence. Like, I mean, all these big guys that are making it, all of them have been doing it for so long. I think it's like as we perceive it from the public eye, we were like, this guy's just blown up out of nowhere, right? But a lot of times they've been working for no, years. No, it's years. years. Yeah, it's years. Like, yeah. um, I forget the name of the DJ, but um, he created Summertime Sadness, and I was watching a documentary. Oh, yeah. Do you know who it is? It was uh, he. Cedric he like collab. Yes, him. Yeah, and, and he collabed with the girl to to, yeah, to sing yeah. it. I think it was Lana Del Rey. Maybe. Yeah, so I saw some documentary on it, and like he was, you know, making music, producing, and playing some small stuff, and then his agent said, "Dude, this song is gonna blow up," and then he started playing that song and small stuff. Played it at I think a bigger festival, and the turning point of his career was when sponsors and stuff watched his set and played that song then he put the volume down and then you just hear the whole crowd kept on singing it Same and that's kind of when you know that moment changed from like oh shit like this guy's got a hit if everyone's knowing the song and singing it without the music on yeah so like that's I mean, that's, that's kind of cool that's play. an example of like that one song you know you're working for years you play one song in a big set and it, it you know it takes off yeah, I mean, that's that's what's so exciting about, I think, producing in general is just like you're just making stuff that you love and you're just hoping that it'll resonate on a bigger level. And now it's so different with like everything going viral and, you know, like it can happen literally overnight. The internet. You know, Dude, the internet. Seen, uh, seen some of that happening recently with, but, you know, how, even if it goes viral, it doesn't necessarily mean you know, you're selling tickets in different markets. I mean, there's a lot of complexities to it, but either way, just the power. But of you're just getting notice. Yeah. Of, yeah. The power of social noticed. media is just incredible. Yeah. To be able to do that. So who, who, uh, who's been your biggest role model then? Like when you looked up at the billboards and you're like, I want to, I want to be on there. Like who, who are your top two, top three DJs you're following? Um, I think, Chris Lake has been kind of the staple for me as far as I have so much respect for him as a producer and just like what he's done for house music scene in general and just how it's really exploded because I just I remember hearing his tracks back in like mid 2000s right and this guy was just just putting stuff out and he just did different styles and I mean he's just been grinding and he's just a master of his craft and it's cool to see how far his career has grown and now like i get to play with him i get to be like mm -hmm. supporting act for him which is amazing uh he's definitely one of the the biggest guys that i admire that's just been doing it for so long and just an example of you know persistence and working on your craft over time can pay off right yeah, i mean I mean, the fact that you've known him since early 2000s, I didn't hear of the name Chris Lake until maybe 2021. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, because all I listened to on Spotify or even when I was on Pandora is like just the mainstream stuff. Like Steve Aoki's mm -hmm. been around like a while, Tiesto, mm -hmm. um, Avicii, you know, like those were the three main guys. And so it's like, dude, I've never heard of Chris Lake until two years ago now. and yeah and then now this huge. past <laughs> this past year i got to watch you open up for him at marquee day club you know during the during a pool party so oh yeah um yeah. you know that was yeah that so was that's really, cool. Really cool it's it's great to to see that 
it's inspiring. You know, it's like it keeps me going and it keeps me just motivated and inspired to mm-hmm. keep doing what I'm doing and making progress. You know? Now, how do you, how do you get one of those DJs that you you support and they just like Mikey come with me to EDM or come with me to one of the festivals in um, Ibiza, you know, like, or like yeah. Tomorrowland. How do you get them to just be like, Mikey, come with me, open up for me. Like, is that That's possible? Question, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what the <laughs> route is, but like. Anything's possible. Anything's right. possible. No, you know, I know uh, a handful of guys bring their own support uh-huh. DJs on, on a lot of the, a lot of shows. And I think it's just having like, a great relationship with that with that DJ and working that out. I would say that's more of a rare case, um, mm-hmm. but it's definitely possible. I would love that situation. You know, um, I mean, because think... you look at a list and you see the headliners, and then you see all these little names, you know, in that box where they show who's playing on each day. It's like I've never heard of any of this. Like Mikey could be mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, I think nowadays it's a lot of artists are paving their own way with their own sound and their own labels and. You know, like John Summit has experts only. That's his his label, and he kind of champions his artists that he signs underneath it, and he throws his own festivals, and he brings them on as support. So really, just making music for certain types of labels that you would want to be on uh, to to get those opportunities is good. Um, for what I'm doing in Vegas, it's it's a slightly different path, uh, but as more of like an artist somebody who's interested in festivals and, and touring. I think that's it the route. Okay. So music and so it's just different paths, you know, like you're on a different path being a resident DJ in Vegas. Other mm-hmm. people have gone to the more festival mm-hmm. route path, I guess. So yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I guess it's just really cool to know that not everyone goes through the same thing as you where you start slowing you you know like the goal is maybe to get into a festival it's more like maybe they just had a break and they went that route and did other things with labels like john summit and you know stuff yeah like for that. sure so. for sure i mean i think the the mikey thing is right now it's it's very vegas and i'm doing really well and playing at the clubs mm-hmm. and it is what it is it's great but at the same time i'm just a resident dj so right. it's hard. It's almost got a ceiling to it, right? So what I've been but focusing you can on break the last, out. yeah, like yeah, for sure. I mean, what I've been focusing on the last six months is is like another project that is more of like an artistic DJ project. It's got a different alias, and producing originals, and you know, just like using my connections and friendships mm-hmm. in the the Vegas thing to push these records and then hopefully kind of break out into more of the festivals and, and the bigger right. shows. So what you're working on now, your project, would that be considered like an album or a label or like, what are you actually working on? So it's called human 404 and it's just an artist project. Um, I have a bunch of records that I'm finishing up. I'm doing some cover songs, which has been pretty cool. Like I did uh, just finished in excess need you tonight but it's got me, me on vocals and oh, sick. kind of like a modern style of it. And then I did Corey Hart, Sunglasses at Night, me on vocals, more of like a modern 
it's like melodic techno tech house style to it um then i have a handful of originals and collabs with some other artists and that hasn't gone out yet so i'm just kind of building that brand behind the scenes mm -hmm. and then i also have a label with that elevated frequencies which i'm going to be releasing some music on and doing a whole promotion and dj servicing and and all that to try to build that brand up uh okay. almost separate from vegas like i'll keep the vegas thing it's great like it's, it's mm -hmm. awesome and it's home for like, you so it's yeah it's home i mean i'm gonna keep doing that but uh this is just like a, a passion project mm -hmm. kind of hoping to align with like the bigger djs and get on some bigger shows and bigger festivals travel a little bit yeah dude that'd be sick yeah so um, that's the point <laughs> and then and then do you um is there like do you have a spotify like if somebody was to type in dj mikey francis do you have like a whole like all your songs and stuff so i haven't really released much music under mikey francis okay. i think i have maybe one or two remixes that i did but again it's just like the focus has been this other thing so i don't have a lot of records under the mikey francis name on spotify um okay. i have some mixes up and things like that but if people want to hear me they come to the clubs in vegas and, right. and that's where they'll catch me i mean i'm just i'm all over the place doing that so now that's... do you do you use soundcloud because i remember soundcloud used to be like this almost this underground platform <laughs> of mixing and mashing and putting songs together and you know finding songs and artists that you've never heard of before like yeah yeah so it, it was amazing back it actually got my first project started back in like 2010 like it blew up on SoundCloud doing our own mm -hmm. like remixes and mashups. And then it it just like died really bad for a few years <laughs> with a bunch of copyright infringement stuff. Of course. No, you know, just got oversaturated. And now it's kind of it's it's come back up again. I find a lot of great music on SoundCloud, a lot of new artists. Um, so it's a really good good hub now, I think, again. For yeah, especially think, for uh... DJs. Yeah, because I feel there's more DJ stuff than there is like singers, uh, you know, more more DJ EDM rather than the pop, country, all that stuff. Totally. Like right. if I need like music for my sets in Vegas and I know I need like a remix of a popular song that's out, I can go to SoundCloud and I can probably find like five or ten that are pretty good that I can choose from. And that's the best place to go for, for that. You know, for me, so it's it's definitely useful. It's on its way up again, but it is more of the of the DJ scene music. I feel like. Okay. Yeah, because I I remember um, I used to get a couple songs off of that just because a friend like referred me to it, and I didn't really care for it. Um, mm -hmm. But I found some songs that I was able to like. Oh, I really like, and then I went on Spotify, and it couldn't find it for like a couple weeks, and then it finally got onto Spotify. So. You know, it's just yeah, cool to see how songs transfer, or blow up, and other platforms take it. Yeah, it's definitely, it's it's cool. I mean, I think now, like, TikTok it seems to be the at the forefront of exposing music to a massive audience. Um, so I haven't really scratched the surface too much of that yet, but it just seems like that's, that's the trends now. and. Mm -hmm. A lot of DJs are, are putting their mixes and music out and short form, con you know, short form clips 
and right. uh, getting a lot of exposure that way on TikTok. I'm I'm actually hating TikTok a lot because unless the sound is original, like I can't mm -hmm. just type in a name of a song and I can use that sound. Like yeah, yeah. it won't let me, and I that's like because of the copyrights and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But you used to a couple months ago, and I guess they're cracking down on it. But I'm actually hating down. TikTok because it's like <laughs> I go through all the videos and people have the song on it. And it's not the original form or it's not a original form. And it's like, well, how the hell did they get it on? So I yeah. don't know if people are playing it in the background and they're just posting the video or, I mean. Yeah, that's definitely a major issue. Pros and cons yeah. of TikTok can just suck it's, it. I mean, it sucks the artists aren't getting paid for that either, you know? So, right. Yeah. But, I mean, if you got a TikTok and you get videos blowing up, it's like, I saw this one girl posted, um, this little video just saying, I can't believe when I posted this, I made over 10,000 10, bucks on one video. So it's because <laughs> so, she had over like 35 million views. You know, that's so unreal. I mean, it's stupid. It's stupid. And yeah. that's why people say post every day because you don't know. I don't, I don't think anyone gets the algorithms of when people are on, how, how it works for certain people's TikTok, but. You post every day and you hopefully get one. Yeah. I mean, I think with, you know, I'm trying to just figure out what I want to make an impact, you know, at the end of the day, like with whatever I'm posting mm -hmm. you know, the Mikey Francis stuff is like, it's fun. It's party. It's club. It's Vegas. But with the other project, like, I want to talk more about who I am as a person, you know, what I like to do, my processes, my mental health, my physical health, and just hopefully add a little bit of value along with just entertainment value and music right. uh, to people and just be able to connect with people. So that that's kind of my hope. And I think that'll make it a little bit more fun rather than just trying to chase what's just, the next trend today. Right. What are we right, doing, right. guys? You know, you, you um, want to create music that is telling your story and hopefully other people can connect and like relate to that. Right. Cause yeah, like you're going to do music, but it's just, using a label or using an album to create something of your own that's more original and yeah for sure kind of tell the whole dj mikey francis story rather than the las vegas mikey francis yeah because people can come and see me and i might be playing different styles every night you know mm -hmm. depending on who i'm playing with and it's a it's a beautiful thing to see everybody coming together and and dancing and like I kind of get to orchestrate that. So that's, it's such an incredible right. opportunity. I'm so grateful for that. Um, at the same time, this other project gives me a little more freedom to have a voice and be able to write lyrics and, you know, have a message and impact people on a little different level. And it's yeah, more dude, of a, no, I, like a passion thing, you know, I get it. And I'm waiting for that to come out because all I've seen right now is <laughs> Las yeah. Vegas DJ Mikey Francis yep. and, you know, being able to come in the booth with you for your openings. And I have yet to go to one of your headliners, which uh, I plan to do hopefully soon. But um, the coolest part is, you know, going in your booth. No one's in there. <laughs> usually it's just me because I'm traveling solo. So, like, that's some of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. And then if i'm lucky enough you know i can stay for the headliner set which i was able to for a couple guys 
Um, but dude, I mean, I've been so grateful for you to like allow me to come in there. And then I just got to like tell security, like, Hey, here's the text from Mikey. Like he said, it's cool. And they're like, yeah, like you only got like 30 minutes, you know, cause the headliner's coming on. And yeah. So like, it's, yeah, man, it's, it's always a pleasure having you. And it's funny because it's such a different experience. Like, I guess a lot of people don't know, but when I do a support slot for a big headliner DJ, like I'm opening the club, so it's empty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's empty at 10 o'clock, there. right? You're there's starting nobody at 10. There. Yeah. I usually play <laughs> about three to three and a half hours. No one until I'm around 12. building the audience, you know, like seeing how the floor is, trying to build it and build the vibe and the energy, mm-hmm. you know, and then over time, things pack up a little bit, get a vibe going, and then the headliner goes on for two hours and then I come back on at the end of the night for about an hour, hour and a half, whatever. For all the people trying to chug down, chug down their, their bottles at the table or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool for me because now I don't want to go to a club unless you're playing just because I, I used to be one of those people on the floor getting smashed around (laughs) playing, paying for $80 drinks. (laughs) And you know, that was an experience in itself, but now like, I won't even come and drink when I'm like in the booth unless you offer me a drink, then I'll have one. But I just love yeah. like seeing it from the opposite side. Like, dude, like the entertainment value from my side of you being <laughs> an entertainer and a DJ hyping people up. Like yeah. that's that's what gets me fired up is to see you do your thing and like people are focused on you, man. And they're focused on the on the vibes going on and the sounds. So like that's really, really cool to see. Yeah, it's it's an amazing experience, you know, and then when I get to be the headliner, which is a few times a year at the mm-hmm. various clubs, I mean, that's that's where it really I get to go to the next level. And it's yeah, it feels bro. like my night. It feels like my you night, get it orchestrated. It's special. All. You know, it's special. I'm not just building it up for somebody else. Like it is my night and I have an amazing support DJ who builds it up for me. And then I, you know, do you bring that support run. DJ on for every every headliner? Yeah, so we have a handful of residents uh, that do all the different DJs, and basically they they plug me in with uh, DJ Mondo. He usually does my supports. He's an amazing guy and a great DJ, and you know we kill it together. It's a teamwork thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it has to be like every time you open up for someone and the headliner comes in, like you guys are always like having a little small talk right before he goes on, dabbing you up and stuff. So it's really cool to see like they support you you know, just as much as, you know, you supporting your openers and just to see that DJ relationship, friendship that everyone has and like respect, you know, like that's so cool to see like Steve Aoki, one of the, probably the biggest DJ ever, you know, in this world, everyone knows him, but like you open up for him and you know, he'll he'll dab you up and have you come and play with them even sometimes. Seen a couple yeah. posts where you're playing like a couple songs with them. Yeah, so. Steve's been so cool, man. Like I remember opening for him. They just threw me on a Steve night randomly. And then I, I guess he liked me because it was like I was on every Steve night after that. And then he I, just kind of, yeah. you know, he was just like. He would be really cool, like on and off, and I get to hang out with him a little bit and DJ with him after, and he was just, just a really cool experience and great vibe. And at the end of the day, it's like we're just servicing 
everyone else you know like we're we're trying to you guys are providing a music service and entertainment a feel-good vibes that's right we're in the service industry you know so we try to try to do our our best part and anytime we can work together and have fun i mean that's that's a great great whether whether the fans are on a a substance or not you know it's (laughs) (laughs) that's in question right yeah Yeah. we don't know but yeah we don't know that's that's so cool to see um but you know what's what's so funny is that when you started on the um on the terrace at omnia my first night meeting you you played on the terrace and that was my first time ever at omnia i believe yeah yeah and the crazy story about meeting you was i was in vegas don't know why really i think i was going to meet one of my friends he's a he's the tattoo artist and i wanted to get a tattoo so i drove in for like two nights if that mm-hmm. uh what 2015 yeah maybe, maybe 2015 16. 15 16 yeah um but at the time i was on tinder and that was when tinder the dating app was you know the, the best <laughs> one around and um I ended up matching with a girl and I told her to meet me at a sushi place um, with with my buddy. We had sushi and then she's like, hey, do you want to go to this festival or concert thing? And, and I was like, well, I'm supposed to get a ta- tattoo tonight. Um, and it was early. It was only like seven, I think. And so we go to my buddy's place. I don't know what the heck I want still. So it's like, we screw that. She's like, well, let's, <laughs> let's just go to the concert thing. So we get in an Uber, we go to the concert and she's like, yeah, I got some friends that were meeting there and it's you and Madison. Yeah. And I had no idea what was going on. I think that was probably my first festival concert. It was in these really? tents. Yeah. It was in these tents, yeah. right? Like those big white tents. Yeah. yeah. It might've been um, basically like a rave, like a, yeah, like a was, downtown it event a center. Rave. It was a downtown rave by somewhere by Fremont, I think. Like yeah. Right outside yeah. of Fremont. Um, might've been Chris Lake playing actually. Dude, I, don't know. I have no idea. I've, I've I wish seen I a st- handful of shows down there. I wish I still had videos, but we were just in the back <laughs> vibing. Um, and then I, all I remember really was um, you saying like, hey, I got a set at Omnia to go play now. So we had to leave <laughs> at like 9.30 or something or 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we drove there. Got to the club, and that's the first time I got to see you play at Omnia. Probably at the beginning of your Omnia, you know, journey. Yeah, yeah. That was. And ever since then, like, we've kept in touch. And the funny thing about that night was I don't know if you got to close in the main club area, but for some reason, we were in in the DJ booth there at, at at the main stage. And I remember falling asleep at some point. (laughs) <laughs> i mean it that sounds was, like a long day <laughs> it was it was a long day a long night um dude At i some fell point asleep you gotta go to bed <laughs> bro i felt and i could tell you exactly where i fell asleep like you know the stairs that go down kind of in into the pit like the main like yeah. DJ booth oh yeah There's on that little platform right no yeah but i didn't sleep on <laughs> fall asleep on the couch i fell asleep on on like that tile platform the platform yeah yeah, yeah. That's where you were. Right. Wow. 
and I remember just That's waking up day. like, oh crap, man, this is embarrassing. <laughs> You know, like I'm, I'm on a Tinder date. I just meet some new friends. That's a DJ. Super cool people. Yeah, and, don't worry. This is my buddy. I just met him. Yeah. He's fine. He's just taking a little nap. <laughs> he'll be he'll be up in any any minute now. <laughs> I mean, I must I must have drank a lot that night, but uh, I felt fine the next morning. Ended up driving back to Arizona and um, never heard of that Tinder date ever ever again. <laughs> And to this day, I try I try to ask you guys what her name was, or if you've ever gotten in in touch with her. But uh, she's long gone. I, I I know she was a foreign girl, but she had an accent. Yeah. But uh, ever since then, dude, it's been almost we're at year nine now. Well, you so. made one friend out of it, so there you go. Uh, well, two. Maybe two. You, Me you and that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. so that was, that's cool that, though. That that's a cool story. How we actually, you know, kind of randomly connected, and then here we are. Like we've been just stayed in touch, and I mean, yeah, it's just like with you. It's just like it was always easy. We could always hang out, talk, yeah. whatever we did. It was few and far between, but it just never. It felt yeah. like there was no time there. You know, it was just like, hey, what's up? No, like you, you let's were doing go. your thing. I'm I'm playing baseball, and whenever I'm in mm-hmm. Vegas, I'm like, hey, let's see what Mikey's doing. He's like, well, I got to work tonight. If you want to come by. Yeah, and then we came well, and saw you play baseball. Yep, and then yeah, when the, the party family. animals and and bananas came, yeah. I got got yeah. you some tickets, dude. Brought the family, and yeah, your son and daughter absolutely loved it. You know, so yeah, that was they, really cool to see. That was the start of of their baseball career. Actually, they didn't even watch baseball really until that. That was their first baseball game, believe it or not. So and they, they thought that was no like, idea it was even a baseball game until it started. They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They were like, this, this is a circus. The, this is the best thing ever, right? So, yeah, from that moment, now I'm, now I'm playing baseball with my kids and softball and coaching and doing all no, that. No, dude, that is Thank so you. awesome. Is... <laughs> hey, man, you got to be a dad, no, it's bro. Great. You gotta it's great. That, no, I love it. You got to get that kid into some uh, some sports and keep him busy. Who knows? Maybe he'll be a big <laughs> leaguer one day if he sticks with baseball. And then you can come up with a walk-up song for him. There you go. Dream you know, fulfilled. That, yeah. <laughs> or maybe he's like, Dad, I, I love music or I love entertainment. And, you know, he follows in your footsteps. He, you never yeah. know. So. Yeah, that's but, what we uh, do yeah. as parents, man. We're just here to champion them and, and guide them. But ultimately, it's like it's their choice, right? You know, mm-hmm. we just we got to guide them as best we can. But it's it's ultimately their choice and, and what makes them individuals and what they love. Right. It's just, uh, I mean, but like you're, you're working so much. I felt at times, every, every time I saw you, I'm like, well, who's, who's with the kids like Madison. So I feel like they've been, they've been growing into, uh, into mama's kids now, you know, just because she's the one spending most of the time. I mean, I know you kind of settled down during the winters, Mm-hmm. Where like you're not working as as much, but I remember the one uh, I think early early fall you were like six days, seven days straight. Oh yeah, of, yeah, that was that was yeah. that yeah, that was a rough weekend. So I'll have those. Well, first of all, shout out to Madison, best, most amazing wife and, and partner, because I I really couldn't do without her, and she's just an amazing mom. It's fun to yeah, she see is her, so her awesome. do that. And it's not even a year yeah. married, right? But you guys been been together for a while. A long time, yeah, thirteen years. But we we got married less than a year ago. Finally, Fine. so I had to have hey. kids first, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to do it your way, man. 
yeah, yeah but that um is, that's really cool she's been amazing and it, you know it's kind of funny because the majority of the time i do work at night so <laughs> i am i am home with the kids a lot during the day mm-hmm. uh and and then actually i kind of put them to bed and then i'll, I'll go to work a lot right because so, you don't when i'm not busy during the day yeah so sometimes they're like do you even have a job dad like <laughs> what are you doing well just wait <laughs> I till see these videos <laughs> yeah just wait till you're 21 and yeah you right come and watch me watch me work yeah it was funny the other day like i showed a video of me headlining omnia to to my son and he was like wow that that's you like up there on stage doing that like that's pretty cool <laughs> all right can you like make me uh make me some lunch now like he was not yeah, impressed it's <laughs> just like whatever attention deficit cool. man. You, you don't don't get hard feelings over it you know it's just the kid. he's like oh okay cool dad but like i really want to talk to you because i need some lunch or i need you to do my yeah. homework yeah i love i love that though you know it's all about the real talk with my boy <laughs> what what uh what a grade are they in so river is in first grade scarlet is in third grade man they're growing fast yeah they're growing up quick and then what do you I have uh my my older daughter tiger lily so with my previous marriage she is 13 she's in eighth grade she's amazing she's in she's look at that that's force. news to me i didn't even know you had a third kid yeah yeah she's a force she's uh all into theater and just total badass and she's and so does cool. and does she live in vegas yeah she lives in vegas we'll see her on the weekends as much as we okay. can she's very busy with her theater life but every time we can we get to we get do to you think she'll her. be a a big actor in hollywood i don't know i mean if she puts her mind to it she can do anything yeah. she wants she loves she loves broadway and theater my guess is she's gonna move to new york and do broadway but we'll see That'll be really cool, but it's really cool to see that she's a big sister to River and Scarlet. Yeah, they you know, like. Her. Do they look at her like as a big sister? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, she's she's uh, she is the big one. You know, and she, yeah. you know, it's like it's, she's, there's a hierarchy. She's a bigger, taller one. Yeah, no, the hierarchy. Yeah. When we're together, there's that there's that hierarchy, and uh, yeah, she's amazing. I, I'm super blessed, and I have an amazing family, and and uh, very grateful yeah and now uh you've had the opportunity to get into the new club live yep what is that like dude because you opened up for the opening night for john summit right that that club opened was it fontaine fontaine blue is like the name of the resort or yeah yeah so fountain blue um i guess it started in miami i believe so it was like a pretty big spot in miami and then live right because they have a live in miami Right, and so they opened up the property in Vegas in December and just kind of got the call to come over and, and play some of the some of the shows. You know, mostly still Omnia, but I'm doing some stuff there. Yeah. I played with John Summit on the opening weekend. That was pretty, pretty wild. That was it intense, was I bet. Yeah, the first night was actually more intense because it was like a private party like black tux with celebrities and that was actually oh, so the you, most nervous i've ever been ever DJing. like playing something like Straight oh up. shit i got some big timers in here no i mean i looked i turned around and it was like lenny kravitz and like 
Kim Kardashian and Justin Timberlake all in the booth, like Peggy. All, all like, like just right behind within me. Within arm, arm's length. Like, yeah. Like and, I, and I was just kind of like, actually, got, I was like very nervous. Like, I don't typically get nervous. And I was just like, right. oh my God. Kind of have like imposter syndrome. Like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah, why like, am I here? <laughs> I got, what is going got on? these superstars around me. Yeah. You should have made, made Lenny Kravitz come on, come on the booth with you. He's just so damn cool, man. He's so cool. Like, I I remember him being, as a kid, like, this guy was just, like, the biggest rock yeah. star to me. I idolized Lenny Kravitz, and, and he looks the same age, and he looks just he, actually he cooler age. now. It's incredible. I mean, he might be an AI now or something. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> All these celebrities have um, so much money. They're just creating AIs of themselves, and their bodies are dead somewhere. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Live is cool though. You know, um a lot of people a lot of DJs kind of stick to one club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I mean you're I have you're the signed with Tao though, right? You're signed with Tao Hospitality. Yeah, Family. like Tao Group is is my main right one. But mm-hmm. we got you know, I got the blessing to to do a few shows with Liv and it's it's great because it really pushes you out of your comfort zone. Which is where yeah, the growth it, it, the it, growth happens there, you know. It you're, you nervous for the at first how, time. That's how I'm comfortable, right? And it's like right. I know I know the rooms, to. everything's cool, yeah. like but then I get thrown into this new space with new people and it was a lot of pressure and it was really challenging, but at the same time like I grew exponentially in, in just a short period of time. So that was that was awesome. That's all I can ask for. When when you went into that first night, opening night did you have a set planned on your on your drive and you're like oh shit like fuck i better turn it up more because of who's in the crowd and who's around yeah that's exactly like, what like happened. did you ever yeah. like you know think think that like damn i i i, I got to play some bangers it was uh it was one of those things where i feel like only experience could have prepared me for that because i was I was slotted to open for Peggy Goo, who is a very artistic, very underground house, like very niche style of music. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do a proper job on that and play a very underground, right? Vibe-y just set. just a low vibey uh, thing. Yeah, that was and, the plan. So that and John Summit comes in. on and just knocks it out. <laughs> that that was the second night, but the first night. That was that. That was the plan, and then it was the private event. So, it was like the crowd was like CEOs, a lot of older people. It was a very commercial, corporate, big, big very time corporate money crowd, yeah. like big time money. And and my set would have just probably got me fired on the spot. <laughs> like <laughs> so I had to pre- make adjustments. <laughs> I had to make adjustments to. But to like cater. you were planning on on playing the same set back to back nights. Uh, the, the next night, I planned a different set. That was with that was the actual grand opening with John Summit. Right, that right. Was, that was a little. That was more to the, the public. The previous so one was, was a soft a opening. Yeah. yeah, so that was that was the one that was challenging because you know it was very corporate and it was just not what I was planning. So I kind of had to think on the so, spot. And so did back. you sit at deep. the spot that you're at right right now and be like, all right, how how am I creating my my set for for this opening night? Like, did you have to so sit what there I and do... do some homework? Like, what is your typical, like, routine for, you know, planning a set or even, like, a headline? So my process is very 
fluid. I'll just put a folder together and throw 200 to 300 songs in there mm-hmm. that I'm feeling at the moment that I like, but I don't have any plans really at all. I just kind of wing it and and, and just vibe off the audience right. and see what people, and just kind of throw some things out, see what's working. It's, it's a very in the present moment type thing. I don't really plan out any of my sets per se. I have music and folders of different styles. And, you just have an outline. directions. Yeah, if you would say like an that. outline of, of music, and then when you get to the turntables, you're literally choosing a song and putting all the beats on it and whatnot. Yeah, sometimes I'll have a for my headlines. I have one or two tracks to start with that I that are like intro tracks or right right, I'm gonna just start the night like this and then let's see where it goes right Uh, but when I do my opening sets I'll have a I'll have a format based on the headlining DJ if it's a house night I'm gonna play more house music if it's more of big room festival EDM I'll play that if it's a little more commercial I'll play a little more commercial but it's just a basic outline and then mm. I just kind of feel it from there. Because the crowds in Vegas are different, you know, all the time. There's people oh, every night all over the world. There's conventions happening. There's all these different audiences all the time. Even Are you playing Denver. during Super Bowl week? Yes, I'm playing a lot. It's going to be a crazy week. Yeah, Frick, yeah. I wish I could be there for that one. Yeah, that that's would be, a good be fun to, to see the crowds there. You know, because I feel like there will be crowds at 10 o'clock if you're opening. Yeah. Like there is going to be people in there already because they're like, well, it's Super Bowl week. Over 500,000 people is what I heard is coming to Vegas. So yeah. every club is going to be starting to fill out from the time it opens. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited for that one. It's Where are you playing? long weekend. What, what, what's, your, what's your schedule for that Super Bowl That weekend, up? I am <clears throat> back to back to back at Live. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, shit. Yeah. Do you like uh, that maybe, more than I think playing Omnia your Thursday? Okay. So do no, you like do you like the opportunities that live more than your usual Tao places like Marquee, Omnia, Hakkasan? It's just, or is it just it's, like it's, what they want to schedule? It's just, uh, it's it's not like I like one more than the other. It's just you know, really, I wanted to kind of stick align with certain artists. John Summit, for example, he was going to live, so I'd like to play those shows if possible, just so I can kind okay. of stay in that format and okay. build those relationships. Right. Like instead of changing one, and you're like got to change course on how you play, how you present, how you do it. Yeah, right. Just trying to stay more in line with with the sound that I represent. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you know it's not possible every time, but as best as I can, and right. just keep growing and changing. So, so. I love, you know, I love it all. Any chance I get to play is amazing, wherever yeah. it is. And it's, who, it's all a blessing, man, just being able to play. Who, who are you supporting Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Uh, John Summit, Calvin Harris, Dude, that'd be sick. and Tiesto. I have yet to see Tiesto, so maybe I say screw it and come up Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was. I hadn't seen him play in in years, and well, because he's he's one of the weekend. older guys, right? So I I feel he's he does a lot more behind the scenes stuff now. 
he's not he's older much. but he's so relevant he, he right you know he's releasing so much music all the time and he's it was he's like such a good releasing show. stuff yeah yeah no, i think ts is the best but it just seems like now that he's older he i i just feel he stays off the camera more like he's still like yeah. releasing music making music but he's not putting his face out as as much possibly but i know maybe he he, just... he is like at the bigger festivals though yeah you know you what's know, interesting like a, about him he's kind of a groundbreaker he he is one of the first djs in vegas this year in 2024 to play both tau group and live so he has some shows for tau group some shows for live and i think he's catering it to the different room sizes like to omnia it's going to be more of his big festival stuff yeah huge. and live is going to probably be more like vibey smaller it's a little smaller club well, I Which mean, is cool. I mean, you, you're so groundbreaking cool to too. You're between Tao and Liv, you know. I guess you could you, say that. <laughs> you did it, and you hey. probably, and you were the first one to do it, being an opener. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're the first. It, it worked dude. Come out. On. <laughs> you got to give yourself way more credit than than like what you're giving yourself, because that's sick. Yeah, dude. I think it was a it was a unique opportunity in time, and it, and it culmination of like good relationships over over a long period of time and yeah working mm -hmm. hard for for people on both sides and just building trust you know and being able to to do that to be given that opportunity so we'll see how it goes yeah so far so good then well hey you're doing something right because if you're creating relationships with all these guys behind the scenes and all these clubs and hospitality groups and and the djs and you're sticking around and you know, climbing the ladder like that's, I feel like that's, if, if you're not being that lucky DJ to just jump the scale, like your path has, I think, truly been amazing on, on your climb to success and sticking it out and getting to be the face in front of the headliner. Cause by the time the headliner comes on, like all the people are there that came to see the headliner are still going to see you. Mm -hmm. Like every time I'm in your booth, I'll have, at least five people come up to me and say, Hey, who's this DJ? And I was talking yeah. about you. So like, that's really cool to see. Cause they came to see the headline and not you, but they're like, shoot, who is this? I got to follow them. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's all repetitions, man. Like I look at it, like just practice, 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 you know, yeah. building relationships, like just, you know what I mean? Just practice, practice, practice. So for when I do get bigger opportunities, I'm just ready, you know, because I've done it so much and, that's that's the idea dude and bigger opp opportunities are coming um especially with super bowl there so i mean yeah for that, sure. that's gonna be some big time i feel a lot of big people are gonna be there agents corporations i mean just people that's gonna be in the music in industry and just entertainers i feel like who knows maybe maybe something happens dude and you just like hey do you want to go play uh a couple big uh festivals this year you know or or somebody signs you to some big deal i mean who knows i don't i don't know how the business world works but <laughs> dude i can't wait for the day that you sign some big contract and you know like you're able to travel on private jets and stuff like that's what i see. <laughs> so hey be... i love it man hey the bigger question is are you going to be there for Super Bowl. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, for Super now you're Bowl, thinking about it. I don't it. know. I don't know. I, I, I'm planning on being in Hawaii. Uh, I'm in Hawaii now, but I plan on being in Arizona for the Super Bowl because it's also Waste Management Weekend there, the oh, uh, golf tournament. Yeah. 
That'll be fun. One second. Otis! Yeah. There we go. Dog's barking. Yeah. Um, but it. yeah, the waste management weekend's there, and I kind of got into pickleball. So I'm going to nice. meet one of my mentors and best friends there to go play some pickleball, hang out, and you know, Let's just go, go. back I love to that. to a state and a city that I'm very fond with from playing baseball. Um, I love that, man. But you never know. Pickleball's dude, fun. Well, I got into tennis because of this guy, yeah. and now all of a sudden he's like, "Dude, pickleball is where it's at." You know. <laughs> So I'm like, dude, yeah. but like, I love tennis because it's like you still got to use agility and speed and quickness. And then I remember one time we were playing tennis and we saw these old ladies playing pickleball next to us. And we're like, yeah, dude, we're, we're way better than that. Like, we're not going to stand in one spot and just go like this. Like, come on. <laughs> like, where's the athleticism in that? And then, yeah. and then I hear Eric Burns, uh, the founder of this, of this No Filter Network platform. He wants the – I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'll say it anyway. Um, he wants to break the world record for most pickle, pickleball games played in 24 hours. So, okay. And he's going to do it. Yeah, because he already wow. owns one world, world record for the most rounds of golf and most holes played in 24 hours. No he way. He literally – yeah. He used one club, ran – he rented out one course and played it over <laughs> and over and over again for 24 hours. I love that. He has the record for that. Man's got so some goals. Really cool. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, this guy, is, this guy is insane. He's hard to keep up with, but he's an amazing person. So uh, if I can ever get Eric Burns to meet you, dude, and he's got a lot of connections too. Maybe he can bring you out to some shows and some party things, events that he does too, and you can go DJ and stuff so like that's well, let's another. play some pickleball first and then we'll talk yeah dude i love it um, we'll do it um, i love i love playing man it's fun yeah well i'm i'm now taking my paddle with me <laughs> jumping on the my paddle pickleball with me bandwagon <laughs> everywhere i go now because i'm like you got oh, it man, i can do this getting serious. Like, i might not, getting serious I might not now, be huh? able to keep up with like nadal and federer and stuff but yeah i can play pickleball yeah, it's the great equalizer, yeah. you know? It's, it really is. Because I'm watching on YouTube all these pro pickleballers, and I'm like, come on. Yeah. It's like, I'm more athletic than this person right now. Like, yeah, I, I probably will need some practice. I'll get my ass kicked, but you yeah. give me some time, I'll I'll actually be better. I know. So, so I think, I think that's – I think <laughs> Well, that's what I need to do, and I think that's the next venture after baseball. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Hey, Let's but um, my dad also wanted to say hi and thank you again for uh, Love your dad. The, the opportunity to see one of your sets at Wet Republic opening yeah. for Steve Aoki uh, back in September. He had a freaking blast being in your DJ booth, um, checking out the scene. That was, I think that might have been the first time he's ever been in a pool club, maybe even a club in, in his really? life. Really? He was like a natural man. He was having the best time ever. He was just, he was kicking it. He was, he was he right was in there during the headliner, like having just... some beers. I mean, the cool part was Steve Aoki came on and uh, nobody kicked us out. You know, that was yeah. Cool. We stayed on the side. You know, and because uh, he owned that DJ booth, he was in there. It was yeah, amazing. He, he had such he a was, good time. He was like the OG old guy. Like, oh, yeah, he was in there with Mikey. <laughs> then we shouldn't. You know, he's he's got to stay. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> I'm glad he had a good yeah, time. <laughs> but I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to go see Mikey, you know, the DJ that like lets me in and goes and hangs out at all the clubs. And I was like, hey, yeah, like we can go for an hour and then we can go go do some other stuff. And we ended up staying the whole set plus all know, of Steve right? Aoki's set. Had a that was endless epic. buckets of beer. I mean, yeah. Total. Hopefully some chicken fingers in there. There's some good food over there, too. I, I know, dude, they do have some good food there. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, that's right. That was that was a time I'll never forget. The free, you know, I mean, me and dad don't normally do a lot of stuff like that, but to take him into the DJ booth at 63. And that's a cool had, experience. He had a blast, and we met those two, um, those two random people that's friends with a buddy of yours or something. Remember the yeah. blonde girl on the ball? Oh, guy? yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I love that. I love those spontaneous, those spontaneous days where you just don't plan anything and it just happens. And like, those are the best yeah. days. Yeah, still count like, to this day. Those and like, you try to days. just say, "Oh yeah," like we'll go say hi, and it just ends up, dude. The vibe is too good, and we're just gonna hang out, chill, and have a good time. And gotta so, roll with it. I love that. <laughs> I'm grateful for it. My dad is so grateful for that experience. Good. And uh, tell him I said hello, dude. Well. I, I don't know when we'll do it again, but I know he always has a softball tournaments out in Vegas. So the next time, you yeah, know, we'll run it back for sure. Yeah, we'll. Let's go. <laughs> Part two. Because uh, he loved the scene, dude. I mean, no, no better place than girls in bikinis and drinks flowing, guys fist pumping. So, dude, it was, yeah, a, it was blast. a great vibe. It was Thank a fun you, man. time. But, uh, dude, our, our hour is up, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Just like but that. But, dude, dude, I told you it goes by quick, man. So, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. and you still got, what, an hour, you said, of free time until you got some other, like, ob obligations, responsibilities. But, uh, yeah, I've yeah, got dude, something on deck. But thank you, man. Uh, thank you for having me. It was so fun just to catch up with you. And I love that you're doing this podcast. And this is my first podcast, actually. Hell, so, yeah. Uh, so you got to start when I start many more to go DJs, all the DJs you're friends with, dude. I was like just thinking, something. you know, I was thinking about it uh, this morning. I was like, it would be fun to just chat with my friends. Dude, just chat. Do I mean, you, know? you know, like how cool. Joe Rogan does it. I, I always see a cool podcast is two people chatting, sipping on some drinks, maybe smoking weed, whatever you want to do. Like, mm -hmm. dude, it's a free, it's a free world. Like do whatever you want to do, but you're yeah. just hanging out, chilling and, somehow there's a microphone there that's just recording everything like that's exactly. a true podcast not a love that interview style um you know just just two people chilling hanging out and getting getting to know each other and talking story or memories and like that's yeah. what i think a true podcast is so it again is, dude thank you i can't wait thank to you. Uh, be back in vegas whenever the heck it is i know it'll be sometime soon who knows maybe super bowl but um dude Thank you. Thank you, Go brother. Kill it. Go kill it on your sets this weekend. Um, you know, I'm yeah. always reposting you. Um, Will do. Yeah, dude. Thank you again to No Filter Network. This is Pillin' the Banana, episode eight. DJ Mikey Francis. Hey, where do people follow you at? DJMikeyFrancis.com. Or you can go to my Instagram, MikeyXFrancis. MikeyXFrancis. All right, dude. We'll be following. Thanks, guys. Take care, dude. Thanks, Brilliant. Much love. Later. Later.